It's early morning in Orange County, California. The air is a little brisk, but the warmth of the sun is beginning to take the lead in today's temperature battle. Suddenly overhead, dozens of vibrantly colored silhouettes paint the brightening sky. There's really no mystery as to the kind of birds that are winging their way to some unknown destination for the day. The raucous conversation among them is a sure giveaway. Meet the wild parrots of Southern California, and this cacophonous cajoling mob makes sure everyone knows they are here. Each morning they fly in, and each evening they fly out, shrieking and screeching joyfully to one another all the while. Just what they are jabbering about and exactly why they are here we may never know, but we are certainly going to try to find out. I'm Anna Vanover, and this is Rise for Wildlife. The wild parrots of Southern California are a most interesting mystery. There are many stories, or maybe myths, about where these chatty feathered friends originally came from. Whatever the source, the birds are here en masse and have been for quite some time. There are those who date the parrot's arrival in Southern California as far back as the early 1950s. Others say it was earlier than that. Whatever the case, we went out on a search to try to uncover their origins. We started by asking some local residents their thoughts about the parrots in their neighborhoods and possible theories as to where they thought the birds came from. This is Angela. I heard a rumor that they actually came from years and years ago, decades ago. There was a fire at the Santa Ana Zoo. And in order to preserve the avian wildlife, they actually released the parrots from Santa Ana Zoo. So they've been propagating in nature ever since. That's the, that's the rumor I heard. I love the parrots. Their singing is not what I would call beautiful, but I love having the parrots around. I, it, it's like a novelty. It makes me happy when I hear and see them. So, could it be true that the parrots were released from a local zoo? It sounds plausible. However, as we continued to investigate, we realized we were in for a little trouble when it came to pinning down a definitive answer. Everybody we asked seemed to have a different story. This is Brian. My wife and I, we have five children. We've been here for, uh, we moved here in May of 89, so it was at 32 years. And uh, they've always been here. And it's interesting because uh, the parrots come in groves and then they're gone. Uh, then they come back and then they're gone. They seem to be gravitated to the magnolia trees and the pods and the red berries. They seem to really, when, they, when the flowers stop blooming, the pods develop and there's red berries. So they go in there and they go after the red berries. Now, uh, they're awfully loud, but we've always enjoyed the color of them. They're beautiful birds. they got vibrant green and red. So you're always trying to get a close-up picture of them. But as you notice, you don't really see any right now. And so it's, it's always interesting when they d decide to come and when they decide not to. The story that was given to us and how they get, came about was there was, a, there was a train wreck and the birds got loose in Park Santiago area and they migrated to this area and started 
uh, nesting and and having more birds. That was the story given to us, as there was some type of a, a an accident where they were being harbored in a train or something like that. Now, whether or not that's true, I don't know. As you can hear, these California wild parrots are really something of a mystery. The tales are as varied as urban legends and as familiar and lasting as those told around a campfire. These amazing birds, from what we've heard so far, have escaped flames and trains, but that's not all. In our search for the truth, we were told that they escaped from a cargo ship docked at the port of Long Beach, and some were released from Bush Gardens. Others escaped from a pet store in Pasadena. Then, we found that the stories begin to start over. This is Hannah. Okay, I've been here 23 years, and I heard a rumor a long time ago that the parrots somehow were let out of the zoo, and that I have no idea if this is true or not, but that they were let out of the zoo, and from there, they just multiplied. And that is how we ended up with parrots in our neighborhood. And I have no idea if that's true or not, but what I think of them is they're kind of nice. They're pretty. Sometimes they wake you up. Sometimes I think I hear them in the middle of the night, which is strange, but um, they're kind of pretty, but besides the poop. And that makes two for the zoo. So what is the truth? Of course, the internet is full of possibilities, and again, there is no real credible evidence to back up most of what we read there. What we do know for sure is that the parrots we see are primarily the red-crowned parrot, which is now endangered, the yellow-headed parrot, and the lilac-crowned parrot. According to the California Parrot Project, there are 13 different species flying around the neighborhoods of Southern California. They say that there are at least 11 species inhabiting at least 35 cities. To get to the bottom of this parrot predicament, we needed to reach out to someone with real facts about them. So, who better than Dr. John McCormick, the director and curator of the Moore Laboratory of Zoology at Occidental College. Dr. McCormick uses museum specimens and genomes to study the evolutionary history of birds focusing especially on how both ancient landscape changes and more recent human-caused environmental changes affect birds' distributions, appearance, and DNA. As director of the Moore Laboratory of Zoology and curator of its bird and mammal collection, Dr. McCormick is a champion of museum collections and their potential for understanding and reversing the biodiversity crisis. We will talk to Dr. McCormick shortly. We'll be right back. The elusive wild parrots of Southern California seem completely shrouded in green feathers and mystery. How did they get here? Dr. John McCormick has been studying these birds for many years. In fact, the Moore Laboratory of Zoology, where Dr. McCormick is the director and curator, partners with the Los Angeles County Museums of Natural History and SoCal Parrot, 
a unique urban wild parrot rescue. We begin our conversation with Dr. McCormick with the same question we'd been asking everybody. So, Dr. McCormick, how did these parrots get here? Well, there are a lot of theories out there for how the parrots arrived. Um, I guess you could call them sort of urban legends, but I think a lot of them do have a basis in truth. Um, there is the story about a pet store in Pasadena that was on fire, and so they let their parrots loose. And then there were also stories about Bush Gardens, which was an amusement park in Van Nuys that was based around, well, as I understand it, free beer and exotic birds being viewed from a monorail. So you can imagine that maybe a few parrots escaped into Los Angeles from there. And then one of the kind of the most interesting ones that I heard, um, this is documented in, a, in an academic paper uh, about some aviaries. This is in 1961, I believe, during the Bel Air fire, the wildfire that ripped through Bel Air and displaced, you know, people like Zsa Zsa Gabor and Bird Lancaster. And there's even a photograph of Richard Nixon on the roof of his house with a fire hose. Um, he also had to evacuate. But also in Bel Air, there were many houses that had uh, their own aviaries. And before the fire came through, they, they released their parrots into the neighborhood. And so kind of for a little while afterwards, people could see these free roaming flocks of what were at the time um, the most common species, yellow-headed parrots. And so that might have been one of the origins for, for a West Side population. I think that all of these stories have some truth behind them, but also you can see pretty clearly in, you know, when certain species started to be seen in flocks in the city, that it really kind of mirrors the pet trade and which species were coming into the city. Uh, from Mexico and other places in Latin America and Asia. And so the truth is really probably there were some bigger release events, but also it was just a steady trickle of accidental releases, intentional releases of people who got tired of their pets. And eventually with enough tries, they just, they eventually got established and started breeding on their own in the city. And this is not just something that has happened in Los Angeles, but you can see it in really cities around the U.S. and around the world. Well, is there an estimated year when the first flocks were formed? Yeah. So um, the first, what I've been able to track down is that 1955 was when local fish and wildlife people started to note what they call persisting flocks of parrots in the city. So this is not just the ephemeral, you know, bird here and there, but, you know, you could reliably see a flock and it seemed to, to last, you know, throughout the year. So that was that was in the 50s. Um, then in the early 60s is when they started to be documented by ornithologists in the area. And at that time, again, like I said, that was mostly yellow headed parrots. and then red-headed parrots, I'm sorry, red-crowned parrots came on the scene in the early 60s. 
And at the beginning, those were just a, just a handful of individuals. And whether or not, you know, they, that just handful started to breed and reproduce in numbers, I'm sure they were also joined by more accidental and intentional releases. The, the red crowns grew from just a few to now probably well over 5,000 birds. Are these parrots beginning to crossbreed? Is that why we see so many? Well, that was the subject of the study we did in the Moore Laboratory of Zoology at Occidental College. Um, I'm an ornithologist and a evolutionary biologist, so we looked at the, the DNA of the parrots. We focused in on the two most common ones, red-crowned and lilac-crowned parrots. And what we found by looking at their DNA is that they are definitely hybridizing to some extent. You can also see that in the appearance of some birds that you may note around the city or that, you know, people have taken photos and uploaded them to community science platforms like iNaturalist. You can see birds that definitely look like hybrids, but we confirmed with DNA data that there are hybrids out there. Um, and even some of the birds that don't look like hybrids, if you really dig down into their DNA, you can see that they do have some DNA from the, the other species, which suggests that hybridization has been going on for quite some time, maybe even since the 1970s, which is when the lilac crowns first arrived on the scene um, to complement the red crowns. Well, why do we see the parrots fly in each day and fly out each night? They definitely don't stay in this area after the sun sets. Yeah, so they have roosting trees, um, and that roosting is where birds go to, to pass the night, and some birds like to collect in, in large numbers, probably for, for safety. So they find large trees that they like, and they will pass the night there every night. So that's what you're seeing. When you're seeing them in the morning, they're leaving the roosting tree. When you see them in the evening going back, they're heading back to the roosting tree. And there are many of these roosting locations across the city. Um, you must have one kind of close to you down um, in Orange County. You said there's one up in Altadena that is um, in some big trees that surround a, an apartment complex. But that's different from where they have their nesting locations. So they tend to hang out more in flocks in the non-breeding season. But then once things start to come out of the winter and warm up again, they start to pair up and they go off to find a nesting place, which is usually a hole in a tree that some other bird has dug out, like a woodpecker. So um, they're what we call secondary cavity nesters. They can't dig their own holes, but they find ones that are there. And they, they pair up and nest and breed in those holes. Oh, that's very interesting. You know, as we conducted our interviews within different neighborhoods, we ran across those who said the parrots were an invasive species. And that seems a little strange because, well, they don't appear to be disrupting the natural balance of things. Well, right. So that's where the terminology kind of becomes... Um, well, I wouldn't say tricky, but you have to be a little careful with the language. Um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of evidence that the parrots are doing great damage to local flora and fauna. Um, they are secondary cavity nesters, like I mentioned. And so on some level, they are 
competing for nesting holes with other native secondary cavity nesters, probably things like um, titmice, for example. But, um, you know, they're, they're not invasive in the sense that they're not continuing to spread outside of where they've been introduced to new areas. And so um, probably this has something to do with the fact that their climate doesn't terribly closely match their climate back in Mexico. So although they'd be able to become established in the city, kind of availing themselves of the resources that are here in the metropolis, it's not like they can go out to the edge of the city and then spread into the countryside and go to, you know, overwhelm whole new areas. Um, like some other bird species that that are considered invasive, like the European starling. I don't know if you've heard that story, but the European starling was a bird that was introduced to Central Park in the early 1900s by a society and a person who wanted to introduce all of Shakespeare, all of the birds in Shakespeare's plays to Central Park. And so they released a flock of 200 starlings. And from there, because they kind of closely matched the climate back in Europe, they just spread all across the United States. And so that is a species that you would label as invasive. The parrots are introduced. They're wild. They're non-native. But I'm not sure I would call them invasive. During our quest for how the parrots came to be a part of Southern California, we heard several stories. Dr. McCormick did not disregard those stories as possibilities. However, there was one person that intrigued us with her personal memories and possible answer to how the parrots might have gotten here. This is Betty Hahn. She has been a resident of Southern California since 1921. It had to be in Anaheim. It was, when I saw them, it must have been the, the 60s. And uh, they would uh, gather in the trees there, but down the alley from Mama's and make a lot of noise. And they'd fly over in a big flock. And uh, they were, I guess there's still more of them now. It seemed like they'd come in there like in a big flock, and it must have been something that was edible at that time, you know, for them to eat, because they weren't every day, but the, the, the mama said they would go home and they probably had their nest in palm trees or something. I'm not sure. Did you ever question why there were wild parrots out there? No, I just would have liked to caught one and kept it for a pet. <laughs> You know that you couldn't catch them, and they were they were short, chubby parrots. They weren't big, long tails or anything. They were little green, fat parrots. Well, do you have any theories about where these parrots came from? I think they came in from Mexico, uh, or maybe during a, a storm or something, because we had strange insects later after they have a storm, you know, off the coast, and like a typhoon or something, and they bring in other species.
This is Rise for Wildlife. Rise for Wildlife and the licensed rehabilitators who we support would like to thank you for your gift of any size. Your tax-deductible contribution helps us to help rescuers through information, support, and education. You can make your donation on PayPal by going to paypal.me backslash rise for wildlife inc. That's all one word, lowercase no spaces. paypal.me backslash rise for wildlife inc. Rise for Wildlife Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit organization.